Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello and welcome to Making Kayfabe, the comedy and writing podcast where we take pro wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and rebook them in a way that does the character justice. My name is Bryce, I'm joined as always by my co-host Dylan and we are deep into season four now, almost at the halfway point. And today I'm going to show why AEW should sign Tommy End, aka Alistair Black, to lead the Dark Order as soon as his 90 day no compete clause ends. Tommy End is very much the zeitgeist in pro wrestling at the moment, so we swapped out one of our planned episodes to cover him today. Dylan, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm feeling great, my friend. I'm very much looking forward to this this rebooking. It's unfortunate that our planned anniversary Viscera special had to be <laughs> postponed in order to do this this episode. But hey, plenty of time for that later. There's always there's always next season. And maybe the season after that, if we can't exactly. get in the next season. Or maybe <laughs> season 28. Wait, we'll get to it eventually. Yes, sorry, I can't do this, this special episode. I've really got to do this Spike Dudley episode. I'm sorry, I can't. Another Spike Dudley episode? <laughs> just another one. Like, just... <laughs> Spike Dudley's going to have five episodes before Viscera gets one. Well, I mean, that's justice, isn't it? You could be a unresting ability. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're t- two very different styles um, and sizes, but... Can you imagine Viscera doing the Dudley dog? Can you imagine <laughs> Mike Awesome press slamming Viscera and throwing him into like the front row? Absolutely Holy shit. not. That would be amazing. <laughs> I cannot imagine that. That's a that's a fucking SmackDown versus Raw thing you would do. Like, <laughs> you don't ever see it in that, right? But yeah, th- this is a this is technically only our second AEW rebooking after forty three episodes, and. I say technically because Book It Like Russo 2, it had the whole comedy uh, rebooking of the exploding barbed wire deathmatch uh, and Tony Khan. But you know, aside from that, we've only we've only actually legitimately covered the AEW Women's Division, which you did in season two, right? Yeah, and they didn't listen to me, the fucking idiots. <laughs> they didn't. It's, it's much better now, actually. It's much better. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, there's, there's more established women in the roster now. That's, that I think is, that's, that's the thing. That is true. That is yeah. true. We did that episode, what, in like, I don't know, October uh, or something? Like, yeah, that was a long time ago, man. Feels yeah. like yesterday. does feel like yesterday, but no, they, they have improved. So they're clearly listening to our show and, and we're going to, you know, they're going to take advice from this show as well, I'd imagine. So and that's how it works. And but I know you're not as big an AEW fan, but I've always wanted to do an AEW rebooking because it's kind of like, it's kind of my go-to wrestling show at the moment after I got kind of tired at most things WWE do. And, you know, I know there's, um, there's people who want the company to just die and, and are forever trolling AEW fans for having the goal to seek an alternative to WWE, but I like it. Uh, I've watched it since it's launched and um, you know it, it genuinely entertains me, whereas if I watch Monday Night Raw in 2021, it makes me want to stab myself in the eye with a fork. So I prefer watching AEW these days because I like having eyes. Yeah, yeah I'm indifferent about having eyes. Take them or leave them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you didn't have eyes, you wouldn't have to watch Raw, right? Exactly. I dude, can just listen dude, to Michael Cole's beautiful voice. Dude, I meant to say this to you, actually. We fucking rebooked Shayna Baszler last season, right? Mm-hmm. And what the fuck is she doing on Raw? Right? <laughs> fucking puppet-ass oh. shit, right? Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Because like, we, we, were like, we were like, we, you got to split up Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, give Shayna Baszler a legitimate push. And then they were like, 
hmm, okay, we'll do exactly that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the same way they misinterpreted whenever I wanted the Miz to die. And they're like, oh, just have him eaten by zombies. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like the fucking monkey's paw, right? You make a wish yes. and it doesn't go this is the way you want it to. <laughs> exactly what it's like. And it's not fair. I don't appreciate this. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's um, that, that's uh, incredibly ironic considering we just covered Shane Baszler, mm-hmm. but hey, that's WWE. But yeah, um, AEW, back to AEW, I think they've got a good thing going right now. So, like, I do think when this is all said and done, that Tommy End is going to join him over there. And I want to talk about how that might pan out. But first, the KFIP community have had a few things to say about Tommy End, formerly known as Alistair Black, on our Twitter and Instagram feeds at Making KFIP. Every week, we pick out some comments to read out on the show and discuss. So, let's do that right now. So our first comment today is from CJ Palmisano from the Not Another Wrestling Podcast and from a bonus episode of Making Kayfabe. Uh, so what's CJ saying today? CJ is saying, hell yeah, I'm excited for this one. Black was a guy who could be at the top of the card as a heel or babyface and it's amazing how bad WWE fucked up his character. Favourite matches of his were against Gargano, as well as Black and Ricochet versus the War Raiders, and also singles matches against Cesaro and Murphy. And I don't know if you remember this one, but I, I, I completely forgot about the Black Ricochet versus War Raiders deal. What a fucking match. And like that, that was like a few years ago now, but it was excellent and all four guys were incredible. It was a match that kind of introduced me to the War Raiders and just how ridiculously athletic they are for being like 300 pounds. Like really fucking good match. Yeah, dude, those guys can work. But then you, you take a look at all, all four of those guys from NXT and check out what all all they went to do on the main roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. What the fucking Viking, Viking experience or something, right? And then... Yeah, the Viking Rick, friends. Yeah. Ricochet is a main event. Tommy and Alistair Black's not there anymore. Um, be honest, right? Be totally honest. Didn't we all think that Ricochet was going to end up being cut instead of Alistair Black? Like, <laughs> that's probably. not a knock on Ricochet, right? But, like, the way he's been used at the company thus far, yes. you're like, they don't give a shit. So it felt like if anybody's going to get released just because of budget cuts, it would just end up being a guy like Ricochet. But they're like, no, I mean, dude, we're going right. to use Alistair Black, who we're using on TV right now. What the fuck? Like, if I, if I asked you, and you didn't know what the news was, if I asked you to say who... Who, who, who got fired? Was it Braun Strowman or was it Ricochet? You'd probably say Ricochet, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's totally bizarre, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, um, I, I don't want to wish anything bad in the guy, but maybe it's, it's good if he does leave WWE because he's going to be hot elsewhere. You know, he's going to be snapped up by basically anybody. He's going to be fielding a lot of calls. So, but yeah, that that's uh, a shame. But our next comment comes from Dan at the Sweet Chimmy podcast. He hey. says... He says, let's go. I know you guys are going to do this justice. The memories are of Alistair being a complete shooter and one of the talents to get me back into wrestling via NXT, along with my discovery of his WXW work, as well as with the Sumerian Death Squad. Gotta say, I don't know much about the Sumerian Death Squad. Um, This is a lie. You're you're always talking to me about them. And I'm like, Bryce, you gotta (laughs) stop. We're in church, please. Why are we going to do our next episode in the Sumerian Death Squad, right? We don't need to. Again, perfect booking. Yeah, exactly. Perfect booking. But no, I think it was um, WXW is Germany, right? It's yeah. it's like the promotion that like Walter came from and um, like Timothy Thatcher was there a lot, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I, just, I, I, need, to, I need to watch it. I'm sure it's on like YouTube or something, their shows, so I need to check it out. But 
it's interesting that NXT got Dan back into wrestling because that, that's kind of not not too far removed from me. Um, because like five years ago, I was becoming like a really lapsed Raw and SmackDown fan before AEW came around, and there, there was things like. Um, NXT and Lucha Underground, which just maintained my love for professional wrestling. So it's great to hear that I'm not the only one, you know. And Diesel Juice, uh, D- Diesel, oh, D- Diesel Deuce, not Juice, Diesel Deuce, uh, okay. three, that, that's the accent coming across. At Diesel Deuce, uh, 03 on Twitter says, I love his fighting style. Those kicks are nice. I think AEW definitely goes after him and he will be a great fit. Well, Diesel Deuce. I couldn't fucking agree more. AEW should go after him, and I'm going to tell you why very shortly. So, I want to quickly thank everyone who left comments about Alistair Black, aka Tommy End, on our social media pages, uh, including William Russell, David Gray, uh, who guessed the episode correctly this week, uh, Connor Cooper from the Awesome Wrestling with Fiction podcast, Thomas Bata, and Carl Kinahan. Uh, you guys are epic, and we appreciate you all very, very, very much. Yeah. Shall we jump into a catch-up? I think... That that is the best thing to do right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's catch up on Tommy N slash Alistair Black. So this is one of those episodes where, kind of like the John Cena heel turn episode, where there isn't really anything solid to catch up on because the situation hasn't actually happened yet. Uh, Basically, at the time of this recording... We're only a week or so after Alistair Black was given his future endeavours by WWE and as it stands there's a lot of hype around him appearing in AEW uh, once his no-compete clause ends and with that in mind I'll do a, I'll do a kind of quick dive into Alistair Black, why he's a big deal and I'm also going to touch a little bit on the Dark Order who will feature prominently in this episode as well so yeah here we go. So Alistair Black aka Tommy End uh, has been signed to the WWE since 2016 Previous to that, he was a very well-renowned independent wrestler, um, basically wrestling at all the major American indie feds such as PWG, Evolve, CZW, but he was usually based here in the UK and wrestling for the likes of ICW in Glasgow, OTT in Dublin and RevPro in London. He went through to NXT and got his hand in the NXT Championship by beating Andrade, which he held for 108 days before losing to Tommaso Ciampa. And then he was uh, promoted, uh, in inverted commas by the way, to the main roster in 2019. And on the main roster, he didn't do a whole bunch. He had Paul Heyman as a backer, but despite it, he got lost in the shuffle of the other 300 guys that WWE employed at the time. He initially formed a tag team of Ricochet, and as we were talking about earlier, he split with him and then went on to become part of um, what I suppose can only be described as a series of very mid-card feuds. He developed a character who would cut promos in dark, spooky rooms, begging people to knock on his door and then he'd lose his eye in storyline thanks to Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins uh, which took him out of action do you remember that remember he lost his eye no no I don't no I remember Rey Mysterio losing an eye I don't remember Aleister Black losing an eye that was was the build up to it yeah have you noticed Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black both have their eyes yeah, <laughs> actually, funny you mention that because one thing Alistair Black did incorporate into his gimmick, and he mentioned this on uh, a podcast with Renee Young. Actually, I think it was I listened to this week, but he actually wore a contact lens in that eye, the eye that's meant to be kind of dead. So it looks like he's had actual damage to the eye, like because that's that's um that's one of the things he was talking about, like continuity in his character. He doesn't want it just to be forgotten that he had his eye fucking drilled into a set of steel steps, you know. So, like, at least he did actually try to 
sell that a little bit and, and make make it real, you know? He was making kayfabe. He, oh, <laughs> Tommy End, get in the show, mate. Yeah, I'd like to see you book Viscera. <laughs> oh my god, I'd actually, I would love to see him book Viscera. Yeah, I'd like to see anybody book Viscera. Well, I mean, it's going to have to be me at some point, but I mean, I'd like to see someone else do it. You won't like me. You you really don't want to see me rebooking Vizera. <laughs> just book him as a fat fuck, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the best gimmicks are really close to the genuine. <laughs> right. Alistair Black. He uh, returned after an absence of six months to SmackDown, starting a feud with Big E, which would never materialise because he was let go by WWE just a couple of weeks after it began. Shame. Um, he was one of the one of the six notable names released by WWE on June 2nd, 2021, including names like Braun Strowman, Ruby Riot, and Buddy Murphy. And uh, yeah, I got a little quote from uh, the Wrestling Observer here. So uh, Dave Meltzer speaking about the releases in the June 7th, 2021 Observer. He says, in the end, it's because McMahon decided not to use any of them. Obviously, this wasn't well planned out in the case of Black. Black had been doing vigenettes and had just on the 21st of May Smackdown shot an angle to start a program with Big E. The angle wasn't followed up on during the, the 28th of May show and Black wasn't on that show, so they likely made the decision between those two days. They also just commissioned new entrance music for him for his planned return. In the case of Black, uh, also known as Tommy End, there were issues with the writing staff, but in the end, he and Murphy were both wrestlers where Vince McMahon was said to not understand their style of wrestling. Yeah, so the reasoning was that Vince apparently didn't understand Alistair Black's style of wrestling, not really sure what there is to understand. Um, he kicks you in the face, you fall down. You know, that, it baffles me, but that's WWE for you. And so Alistair Black, now known as Tommy End, has to wait 90 days until he can compete for another wrestling organisation. As it stands, there's a lot of hype for him to go to AEW, but obviously nothing solid has been announced at this stage. Um, at least at this stage, anyway. No doubt when this podcast goes out, there'll be something more solid. But hey, we'll yeah, like see. the day it comes out, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Damn it, it's already. Tommy End resigns with WWE. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. But let's um let's briefly examine how the AEW's Dark Order tie into things before I jump into today, into today's story because this will feature the Dark Order quite heavily. So. The Dark Order, for those who maybe don't watch AEW or those who maybe need a bit of a catch-up, they're essentially like a cult-like faction, which uh, has been present right from the start of AEW. It's uh, loosely based on Scientology, I think. Initially, it was just two guys, Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, uh, but over time, they started recruiting more members to their cult, such as Preston Vance, uh, a.k.a. 10, Alan Angels, a.k.a. 5, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And around January of 2020, they started teasing that their leader, the Exalted One, would soon appear, which would spell disaster for the AEW roster. And the leader would turn out to be Brody Lee, uh, the former Luke Harper, who debuted on the March 18th episode of Dynamite and helped legitimise the faction as a true must-see act in AEW. And Brody played a hand in recruiting more members, such as Colt Cabana, Anna Jay, Tay Conte, and was just pretty much a hell of a dominant force in AEW, uh, taking John Moxley to the limit for the AEW world title and fucking destroying Cody Rhodes for the TNT title in one of the best squash matches in wrestling history, in, in my humble opinion. 
And unfortunately, as most of you know, Brody Lee passed away unexpectedly in December 26, 2020, which just shook the entire wrestling world. Um, on the week of his death, AEW put on just a fucking incredible tribute show for him. Just perfect in every way, and uh, I can't state that enough. And to this day, they still take care of uh, Brody's family and ensure that they're looked after, including inviting Brody's son, aka Negative One of the Dark Order, to AEW shows regularly because he's a massive wrestling fan as well. So, um, and since Brody Lee's death, the, the Dark Order have kind of steered into being a kind of comedy style faction, which like I love, for, to be honest. Um, you know, John Silver, I don't know how much you know about him, but he's absolutely hilarious in every segment he ever, he's ever in and deserves so many good things. They have a sort of allegiance right now with Hangman Adam Page, one of the up-and-coming future megastars of AEW. Initially, they tried to recruit Hangman to join the Dark Order, but uh, although being on friendly terms with him, he turned him down uh, because he's just been burned. It, 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 he'd just been burned before as a member of a faction, see the elite. However, up to the present day, Hangman Page still hangs around with the Dark Order and is regularly a part of their backstage segments. And the Dark Order have shown their loyalty to Page by stopping any interference in his matches, such as from Matt Hardy or Team Taz or whoever. So. That's where we are right now. But how do you connect the two? How do Tommy End and the Dark Order come together? That's what I'm going to take you through today. And But before I go into this, I do want to say that obviously this is in no way, shape or form intended to replace Brody Lee and the fucking phenomenal work he did with the Dark Order. You'll see as the storyline pans out, but this I think this would be a great storyline for the Dark Order, which I think could make for some compelling television. I'm sure if AEW were to do this storyline in real life, they'd have seeked the blessing of Brody's family as well as uh, individual members of the Dark Order who are obviously very close with Brody. So for all intents and purposes, let's assume that they are outside of kayfabe, um, you know, on board with this storyline. So I'm ready to hear it, man. I'm very excited. I, I did have one comment, which was his no, uh, Alistair Black's no compete clause ends in 90 days. So he can't yes. sign for AEW right now. But can he still come to my birthday party? Oh man, um, I mean, is, is there any competition at your birthday party? Because I think he can come to your birthday party, but he can't play like pin the tail on the donkey, or you know, he can't play. He can't. He can't know. come if we're if we're taping it for the internet. <laughs> yes. Well, it's no compete, so he can't compete. So you know, he can he uh, can sit and eat cake, but he can't compete. Cake. No, no. There's no cake, but there is Mario Kart. Oh, he can't compete. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, have you asked them, have you invited them? <laughs> no, uh, I forgot that it said the invite. Oh, oh for fuck's it. sake. Oh, next time you're talking to them, can you uh, let them know? Yeah, I'll, I'll give them a shout, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank uh, you. Anyway, <laughs> let's book Tommy End's Dark Order. All right, so it's, it's ironic that I'm booking somebody called Tommy End because I'm going to start... At the beginning. Hey. Hey-o. Top people don't, comedy. People, they don't appreciate our, our jokes enough. They don't, they don't. But that's me just getting the comedy out of the way. You know, the, the top-notch comedy is gone. Now we're serious. Yeah, so. now, now we're into the, the second-notch comedy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> even worse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best comedy can they get through the show, yeah. <laughs> All right, so first off, this whole thing can't happen right away thanks to the whole 90-day no-compete clause, which appears in most WWE contracts these days. So, you know, can't can't work for AEW, can't attend Dylan's birthday party, etc. We'll so, see about that. 
yeah, as it stands, Tommy yeah. End can't do anything until August August thirty first of twenty twenty one. But that doesn't mean we can't start teasing. So after all, he's free to negotiate and sign with AEW. He just can't appear on TV just yet or play Mario Kart. So well, yes. negotiations are still ongoing. So. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're going to try and get this hype train going, much like it was going for the lead-up to Brody Lee being announced as the Exalted One. So on Dynamite, let's say the week after Double or Nothing 2021, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are going to be walking in the backstage area, kind of being their goofy selves, when a random dude wearing one of those old Creeper Dark Order masks walks up to them, and he hands him a note, and then basically walks away with their head down. Uno and Grayson are, of course, going to be confused, so... First off, who the hell was that guy and what the hell is the deal with this note? They read the note, they chuckle to each other and throw the note in the trash can before walking away. The camera doesn't follow them, however. Instead, it looks into the trash can, revealing what the note says. And the note says, expect a call next week. How good would it be if the the note said, I'm sorry, I can't come to your birthday this year. (laughs) However... Let me know if it's next year. See you in 90 days, yeah. Your best friend, Tommy End. It rhymes. <laughs> yeah, your best friend, Tommy End. Yeah, there Yay. you go. <laughs> um, so, you know, AEW, you love a slow burn story. So that's all we're going to see this week. So not much, but enough to plant the idea that shit is up with a strong potential of said shit to go down. So next week, the Dark Order are all hanging out backstage doing one of their kind of comedy-esque segments where they're jabbering about Monopoly or something, I don't know, but then a phone rings, uh, Evo Uno pulls the phone out of his pocket, he has the Dark Order's theme as his ringtone, obviously the whole group stare at him as he takes the call, visibly and audibly upset that the call was distracting him from a game of Monopoly, and Uno says he's answering the phone, he says who are you, and how did you get this number, I, what? Are you going to tell me who? Number 666? It's you? Yes, sir. Where? Next week, we'll be there. And he hangs up the call, and now there's just silence within the Dark Order. Nobody knows what to say after hearing one side of Uno's call. So Stu Grayson, i.e. number two of the Dark Order, he doesn't take his eyes off Evil Uno. He's got a very serious expression on his face. Anna Jay, similarly, very serious. Meanwhile, John Silver threw Colt Cabana, threw Adam Page and the rest. They all just look confused. They've got no idea what just happened or even the gravity of what's to come. Stu Grayson asks Evil Uno if he and Anna can talk to him and Uno accepts and the three of them exit the table, leaving others in a heavy state of what the fuck just happened. So the next week, when the Dark Order meet, but there's no Evil Uno. There's no Stu Grayson. There's no energy. The others like John Silver, Alex Reynolds, etc. They make a passing reference to the absence of number 1, 2 and 99. But other than that, they just continue with their bullshit. So maybe they still haven't finished their game of Monopoly because Monopoly takes fucking ages. So the show continues as normal. Can I can I ask a question? Yes. Did they actually like sit around backstage and play Monopoly? They play. They, they, they kind of do comedy segments these days, yeah. So they're playing like games backstage, or they're just uh, kind of being silly. Um, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what they do these days. Like they're, they're very much a comedy stable rather than a serious stable. Fair enough. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they've actually played Monopoly, but I mean, they've not been far from it. So I mean, uh, by the time this episode goes up, guaranteed they're going to start playing Monopoly. Yeah, but ne- ne- next week on Dynamite. Yeah, but yeah, back to the story. So. Um, 
AEW Dynamite viewers, they'll have to wait until next week to see what this meeting with 666 is all about. But luckily, you just have to wait till my next sentence. So next week in Dynamite, the Dark Order are backstage again. And Play Monopoly? Play, no, I don't know, not, not, not this time. They finished their game, you know. Okay. So there is once again the, the notable absence of Uno, Grayson and Anna, but that absence is soon filled when they, when they walk onto the screen. And the group greets some all friendly like, but they do not react at all. And Evil Uno addresses the group and he says, I have something very, very important to share. Something from number 666. And he looks at Hangman Adam Page and he says, Sorry, Adam, Dark Order only. And Adam Page, he gives that look that implies, Well, okay, I guess. And then he leads the Dark Order to their Dark Order business. And I think at this stage, I want to quickly confirm, uh, clarify, or remind, I guess, what the situation with Adam Page and the Dark Order is. So, as it stands in this story and in real life, Adam Page has got a great relationship with the Dark Order, but he's not currently a member. So, that's not for the Dark Order's lack of trying either. The Dark Order have been trying to recruit Hangman Page since the Brody Lee days. He's teamed with the Dark Order members in the past. He's been featured in a lot of Dark Order segments. But crucially, Adam Page did officially decide to decline um, to join the group on the January 20th, 2021 edition of Dynamite uh, after John Silver got down on one knee and asked him to join. Um, what? <laughs> oh, it's, it's quite a funny segment, actually, because, um, you know, he's, he's down on one knee asking him to join Dark Order and, like, as soon as Adam Page says no, like confetti and shit starts like exploding all over the ring, and there's a big he said yes in the Titantron, and like it's just fucking fantastic. But <laughs> it's, it's the best thing. But um, anyway, point is, Hangman Page is a friend of the Dark Order, and they all look up to him. But he's not in the Dark Order, so bear that in mind. That that's going to be important later. So anyway, back to Evil Uno, Grayson, and Anna's meeting with the rest of the Dark Order members. Evil Uno once again addresses the group in a very solemn tone and he says, My fellow Dark Order members, what I'm about to tell you is of the utmost importance. Please listen carefully, as this will affect your long-term and immediate future within the Dark Order. Last week, we met number 666 of the Dark Order. And there's silence. He continues... He says, now you are not a high enough level within the Dark Order to know of 666, but on this occasion, he's made an exception. Number 666 is, was, a venture capitalist for the Dark Order, and he has been for the last couple of years. Recently, however, he's taken his investment further, and after putting forward a large amount of capital, he is now the highest ranking member within the Dark Order. Higher than me, higher than Stu and Anna, even higher than Brody. You must, you absolutely must treat 666 with the utmost respect for your own benefit as well as ours. Number 666 has recorded a voice message for you all to hear, and I'll play that now. So Uno, Grayson and Anna, they maintain their serious expressions while the others in the Dark Order maintain looks of surprise. You know, this is the first time they've heard about number 666 after all and this is all news to them. So Uno, he does as promised, he pulls out a tape recorder, he presses play on the recorder and a distorted voice with lots of white noise behind it plays and the Dark Order are all ears. Dark Order, this is 666 speaking. By now, number one will have informed you of who I am, 
but you do not know yet why I am addressing you. The truth is, ever since the Exalted One hasn't been here to keep an eye on you, you have been making a mockery of the Dark Order. How many new members have you recruited in the last few months? Zero. How many non-conformists have you allowed to infiltrate to our group? One. I refuse to sit back and allow my main investment to be portrayed as fools on international television, so I must now take a stand. There will be a vast improvement within the Dark Order. You have one month to make sure of this, for on the first week of September, I will appear personally to issue judgment on you all. And the tape ends there, and then there's just silence from the Dark Order. That is until John Silver pipes up, asking Evil Uno a question that must be playing in everybody's minds. And he asks, Uno, how do you know this is legitimate? This could be anybody just playing a trick on us, right? You can't just buy your way into the Dark Order. And Uno replies very sternly, not taking his glare off John Silver, and he says, This is legitimate. The sooner you accept this, the better. Unfortunately, per the word of 666, those who question faith in the leader should be punished. Silver, you will be the first to be punished. You must be made an example of. I'm sorry. And Uno looks over at number 10, aka Preston Vance, the powerhouse of the Dark Order. For those who don't know him, big jacked up dude basically, muscles upon muscles. And Uno says, Number 10, you have a chance to shine yourself in a good light with number 666. Next week, you will go one-on-one with number 4, John Silver. Punish him. It will bring 666 great joy. And John Silver and the rest of the Dark Order, who aren't Uno, Grace and Arana, they look utterly baffled. You know, what the fuck is going on? Just a couple of weeks ago, they were joking, playing a harmless game of Monopoly, and now there are some serious inner group politics going on. Silver doesn't say anything, he just gets up and leaves. The segment ends, this is the last we see of the Dark Order this week. Now let's just take a quick step back, just to just to take an eagle-eyed view of what we're where we're at right now. So number 666, whoever this may be, has effectively bought his way into the Dark Order. So this goes along with the Scientology comparisons that have been made with the Dark Order. So it's well known that to progress within Scientology, you have to pay a substantial fee to the church. And the same thing has happened here, except this number 666 guy, he's paid enough money to take himself basically right to the top. He is the new leader of the Dark Order, whether the group like it or not. And he's not happy, because ever since the passing of Brody Lee, they've become a comedy group, and they've not been trying to recruit new members to the cult, religion, or whatever you want to call it. So this 666 guy, his goal is to turn the Dark Order back to what they were, a feared faction of society's misfits, hell-bent on taking everything that is good for themselves. Anyway, we get to next week's Dynamite, and it's John Silver versus 10 in a match which is designed so that the much larger 10 can destroy the much smaller John Silver. And it's a back and forth match, but eventually Johnny's going to get the better of number 10, and he's going to win the match, defying the instruction from 666 that he should be punished. He celebrates in the ring, but naturally it doesn't end there, because Evil Uno appears at the top of the ramp, and the Dark Order form behind him. Evil Uno points to the ring and demands that the entire Dark Order punish John Silver, and they do. 
the entire Dark Order go to the ring and mug the guy who was collecting $200 on passing go just two weeks ago. I'm not going to stop in these Monopoly references, by the way. It's a Monopoly reference just for everybody. Yeah. That's it, exactly. That's it. Um, this is a very Monopoly inclusive podcast. So, exactly. but yeah, that's it. You can't can't leave out Monopoly. But what well, one thing to note here is that the guys like uh, Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana, even Ty Conte, they're not as dedicated to this beating. You know, meanwhile, Stu Grayson, Anna J, Five Ten, and Uno, they they level Silver with hard shots severely, punishing him for having the gall to defy number six 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 by defeating number ten in the match. And that's everything from the Dark Order this week. So John Silver got his ass kicked by his own friends, basically. Happens to me all the time. Every time. Every time. Mm. Every time I see one of my friends, it's like, here comes a boot up your ass. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys. Give me here comes... five minutes. My kids are going to think I'm an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Here, here comes the surprise left. <laughs> it, it drops my jaw wide open every time. <laughs> that's uh, uh, I don't think anyone's going to get that reference. Welcome um, then. Don't explain it. Next week, the Dark Order are hanging out backstage in a scene which looks normal to an extent. So they're all sitting around the same table that they always do, but the, the free-flowing conversation is now gone. They all just sit at the table, silent. John Silver's got a bandage on his head and his arm in a sling from last week's beatdown. He doesn't look happy at all. Neither does his tag team partner Reynolds, nor Cabana, nor Ty Conti. The others in the group look serious, staring straight ahead, eyes cold and dead like sharks. And they hear a knock on the door, and walks Hangman Adam Page. Now, a couple of weeks ago, he was excluded from the announcement about number 666 because he is not part of the Dark Order. This week, he walks in to come and see his friends, and he's just met with a long face after a long face. They're all looking miserable, basically. So he asks, you know, what the fuck is going on here? Nobody replies, but Evil Uno, he gets to his feet. He responds to Adam Page, and he says... Adam, I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you this, but you're you're not welcome here anymore. You had your chance to join the Dark Order. You've had many chances, and now the number 666's patience has ran out. Please leave us. The Dark Order does not require your presence anymore. Adam Page, obviously baffled, says, Number 666? What the hell? And all Evil Luno does is repeat himself, like some kind of robot. Please leave us. The Dark Order does not require your presence anymore. Adam Page leaves, um, you know, disgusted and quite frankly upset at what he's just heard. A few moments pass, and then John Silver gets up and leaves without saying a word. Alex Reynolds follows him, as do Ty Conte and Colt Cabana. The rest of the Dark Order don't look at them as he leaves. They don't even say a word. It's just silence. Just silence. The Dark Order, they've now ostracised Adam Page from their group. This number 666 dude, he's making some huge changes and they don't seem to be popular ones. Next week, John Silver, Alex Reynolds and Colt Cabana are in action in a six-man tag match and Ty Conte joins him at ringside. The opponents, they're, they're just going to be some local talent or maybe some lower-tier guys from Elevation, for example. But essentially, it's dudes who just really aren't well-known in the grand scheme of things in the AEW, so... John Silver, he's got limited involvement in the match due to still recovering from the beating a couple of weeks ago. But Reynolds and Cabana, they steal the deal with relative ease, defeating the other three men in less than five minutes. And after the match ends, the rest of the Dark Order come out 
Evil Uno leads the way, holding a microphone in one hand and something else in the other. And he gets in the ring and he hands one Dark Order mask to Colt Cabana, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, ordering them to place the masks on their fallen opponents. And of course, this is something the Dark Order used to do back when they were a big deal. It looks as though they're going back to this, possibly under the instruction from 666. Silver, Cabana and Reynolds seem reluctant. Meanwhile, Ty Conti, she's trying to reason with Uno. In time, though, Uno does something extremely uncharacteristic. He snaps. He starts screaming at the three men. They place masks on their opponents. Silver, Reynolds and Cabana are shocked and they do what they're told, forcing their opponents to don the masks. The Dark Order then stand in the middle of the ring, hold up their signature hand single, uh, signal, and the show ends. Cracks are starting to form within the Dark Order. That much is clear at present. Everything is very much not okay. And next week, we see Adam Page drinking in a bar alone. Adam Page's character is usually written in the situations where drink is involved, so this is just uh, it's playing on his gimmick, basically. Uh, however, he is, of course, a lone drinker since the Dark Order kicked him out. And elsewhere in the arena, Dark Order are in total silence, sitting around the table again. Evil Uno stands up and he announces to his fellow Dark Order members that number 666 will be arriving this week at All Out on September 5th, 2021 in Chicago. He warns the group to be in their best behaviour and treat their new leader with absolute utmost respect. Maybe he uses John Silver as an example of what happens to someone when they don't show utmost respect. And Silver snarls under his breath but doesn't actually say anything. The segment ends there and we await the arrival of 666 at All Out. Now, remember how I said Tommy Ends 90 Day Compete Clause ends on August 31st? Mm-hmm. Ain't that just fucking perfect? Because All Out is on September 5th. So What are the chances? What so are the chances? You timed it like that. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's the legit date for All Out. So, I mean, that of course, does work out pretty fucking sweet, doesn't it? It's, it's a pretty nice nice, uh, nice way it works out, exactly. Like All Out obviously hasn't happened yet, as we record this in June of 2021. But like, I'm sure at least one of these released talents is going to appear at All Out on September 5th. Braun like, surely. Strowman. Fucking Braun. They, they, they <laughs> bo- they, they're abominable Strowman, yeah. Yeah, it's about that's time. It. That's it. His new gimmick, Grey the Yeti. But yeah, I hope it's Tommy Ends. And maybe maybe, maybe Buddy Murphy as well. He's talented to do this. And Ruby Riot, actually. She's good too. But... That's the thing. I'm so excited to see Ruby Riot finally get to wrestle a fucking match. Mm. Mm. Yeah, one that's not two minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, like actually wrestle. I'm like, oh, thank yeah. God. Now she might win. Like every yeah. time you saw her on WWE, you're like, ah, she's going to lose. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't remember ever, ever winning a match. So exactly. She was not used very well at all. And she's a very talented wrestler. So it's a fucking shame. But yeah, she's going to get um, her, her award in the Indies, I think. Um, or AEW or Ring of Honor, wherever she goes, you know, Impact. Anyway, let's talk about what happens at All Out. Because there's going to be a big reveal here. You know, halfway through the show, we're going to get all the Dark Order members in the ring. That's Eva Luno, that's Stu Grayson, that's John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana, 510, Anna Jay and Ty Conti. And they're all prepared to greet their new leader. And they don't have to wait long because Eva Luno has a microphone. And Eva Luno says, ladies and gentlemen, today is a great day. Today is a great day. For months, the Dark Order has been held under a self-made suspension. It has come to our attention that we have fallen far from the Dark Order of old, and the man who brought that to our attention is the very man I will be introducing you to tonight. Please put your hands together for the leader who is going to get the Dark Order back on track. Please welcome 
Number 666, Tommy End. And then new unfamiliar music hits over the PA system and out walks Tommy fucking ends. Maybe it's even familiar music, actually, because maybe it's his WWE music because his music wasn't a WWE licensed track. It's um, by Code Orange, a song called Root of All Evil. So, you know, T- Tony Khan's been keen on buying the music rights for talent as of late. You know, you've got Jungle Boy with uh, Tarzan Man. You've got um, uh, Orange Cassidy with uh, Where's My Mind. You've got John Moxley with Wild Things. So, you know makes sense for him to maybe purchase Al- Alistair Black's music if he wants to keep us up at this whole kind of continuity in his character, continuity in his character, um, you know, because that's kind of what he's all about. So that's something, that's, again, that's going back to what you mentioned, Rene Young's podcast. He wants to keep his character going. He's not playing different characters. He's playing the same character, but put through different situations. So wherever he is. So fuck it. Why not? Why not? Um, why not? Exactly. Like, why not just do it? It's the kind of thing I could see Tony Khan totally doing. Like you said, he's been buying the rights for some other people. So I yeah. think he'd want to get like a guy like Tommy End off to a good start. So I could see that. Yeah, it was some big music, exactly. So, um, so yeah, obviously, despite Tommy End being placed in a pretty brutal heel role, the crowd are going to cheer because it's Tommy End. So we're going to need to calm that as best we can because, you know, you can't have an absolute mecha heel being cheered for by the smart mark crowd. So Tommy ends, he's going to walk down to the ring, he'll hold a microphone in his hand, which will which will quieten the crowd slightly, So because they want to hear what he says. But then, in a swerve, he's going to nod at Evil Uno, and then all of a sudden, the Dark Order are attacking the Dark Order. It's abrupt chaos. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, they immediately go to beat the crap out of John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Anna J, she grabs Ty Conti and starts pummeling away in her... Five and ten, they're taking out Cole Cabana between them. It's literally as though the Dark Order, who were loyal to 666 from the start, have been ordered to punish those who perhaps weren't so sure, those who had reservations. And meanwhile, during all of this, Tommy End is just standing there with his arms crossed, staring at the carnage before him. He keeps a similarly serious face to the one that we've seen previously on Grayson, Anna and Eva Luno to an extent, um, because his his face is covered in a mask, obviously. Um, But... Once the beating is over, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Cole Cabana and Ty Conte, they're lying in the middle of the ring, unconscious. And a spotlight shines down from the top of the arena as number 666 of the Dark Order, Tommy End, brings a microphone to his lips and he says, Forget everything you thought you knew about the Dark Order. Because now, today, September 5th, this is a clean slate. And with that, his entrance music hits again, and the Dark Order leave the ring, following their new leader, number 666. Their fallen comrades, or former comrades, start to stir in the, middle, in the ring as they look at each other, and it's a telling look. You know, let me just tell you that. All out continues, this is the last we see of Dark Order tonight. So on the socials, at AEW, we're going to plug for Dynamite that Tommy End will address what happened to All Out, and that's what's going to happen. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. And the Dark Order are going to come out to the ring, led, of course, by Tommy fucking ends. However, it's not the full Dark Order. You might have guessed that already, but it's the Dark Order minus the members who had the shit kicked out of them all out. That means there's only Tommy End, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Anna Jay, and 5 and 10. And Tommy End's going to cut a brief promo in the middle of the ring, and he's going to try and give an explanation for the events of All Out. And he says... 
Listen up. I'm going to be a man of very few words. And the reason for that is that there's been far more talk than action when it came to the Dark Order. The Dark Order are not here to talk. The Dark Order are here to act. But I've been asked to give a brief explanation for why what happened all out happens. Well, I'm going to be very honest here. I'm going to tell you why this happened. And it's as simple as these four individuals committing grave sins against the Dark Order, which was a mistake. And there you go. That's the reason I do not speak in riddles. I rule with an iron fist. There will be no mistakes, because if I allowed mistakes, then the Dark Order would return to be the, to being the pitiful, embarrassing Dark Order of 2021. If you step out of line, you will be punished. If you show a sign of weakness, you will be punished. If you dare to show mistrust in the new leader for the Dark Order, number 666 Tommy End, you will be punished. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Ty Conte, Cole Cabana, they stepped out of line. They were weak, and they were distrustful of me. Therefore, they found out what happens. As I say, it's very simple. I do not speak in riddles. If they want to atone for their sins, they may. However, until they do, they are not members of the Dark Order. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dark Order is under new management. It's time to show what this talented group can really achieve. And that's that. The Dark Order leave and Dynamite rolls on. The good thing with AEW booking is that it's quite often a slow burn, you know, so they've all, they've only got two hours for the main show every week and they don't want to dwell on things for too much longer. So, um, you know, they leave you wanting more and that's how we're going to progress this story because there's a big ending coming and you can't just build up a big ending in a few weeks. You've got to give the story time to develop. And our next pay-per-view, Full Gear, isn't until October, uh, November, sorry. But yeah, essentially, Tommy Ends had them attacked because of their disrespect. He made an example out of them. Next week, we're going to have the Dark Order in the ring again, although this time, the segment is announced as a chance for Silver and Reynolds, Cabana and Conte to atone for their sins. Interesting. So with the Dark Order in the ring, Evil Luno speaks in the microphone as the leader number 666, Tommy End, watches on in silence. So Evil Luno is saying, John, Alex, Colt, Ty, you know what needs to be done. Please come out here now so that you can atone for your sins towards the Dark Order. And what do you know? They come out, all four of them, and they do not look happy, by the way. And why would they? Because, you know, like maybe maybe they're seeing this for what it truly fucking is. You know, fucking bullshit. They all climb the ring apron, but they don't get in the ring because they know what happened last time. John Silver, especially. And speaking of John Silver, he's got a microphone and he's got a few, he's got a few things to say to Tommy End. And he says, first off, you know, give your microphone to number 666 here. I think we are overdue for a little chat. And Uno does as Silver says. He passes a microphone to Tommy End, and Silver continues speaking. So Silver says, listen, Tommy, you may have brainwashed these guys you're standing in that ring with, but you haven't fooled me. You haven't fooled me right from the start, and that's the real reason I'm getting punished. You're scared. You're scared that your freaky mind control tactics don't work on me, and neither do they work on Alex, Colt, or Ty here. You want us to atone for our sins tonight? Why don't you tell us exactly why we should even bother? And Silver waits for an answer from End, and he waits, 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 and he waits. Tommy End just stares at Silver, you know, microphone held in his hand, but his hand by his side. 
He's making no attempt to engage with Silver, which just enrages Silver even further because he's been ignored. And Silver says, I don't know who you think you are, but let me tell you something, Tommy. I know how you came to power in the Dark Order. I know why all of a sudden you're our leader, coming completely out of the blue. Or black, should I say. It's because you've got money, Tommy. You've bought your way to the top, while there's guys like Uno, guys like Grayson, who have been with the Dark Order for years and have worked their way up the chain of command. And I'm here to tell you, nah, that's not how it's going to work. Nobody buys the Dark Order because some things, some things are stronger than money. And again, there's a pause, and again, there's silence. Tommy End doesn't take his eyes off John Silver. He barely even blinks. He just has a blank expression on his face. So John Silver, again, he speaks again. John Silver says, Not up for talking, huh? Well, I guess I'd expect nothing less from a coward. Hey, number 666, I'm speaking on behalf of myself and my friend Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana and Ty Conti. You can consider this our resignation. We quit the Dark Order. We're going to go home and play Monopoly. Fuck you. That's it. <laughs> There's four of them. They could play Monopoly. That's true, yeah. They still have to fight over who plays with the, the dog, you know. I'm always a top hat. I was going to say top hat is usually my one as well, actually. I don't know why I said the dog. Well, I'll fight you with a top hat. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm happy with the dog. He's a little kind of Scotty dog, isn't he? So I like yeah. Scotty dogs. Yeah, because Scotland, yeah. I um, like top hats because I'm a rich billionaire. <laughs> you like top hats because Ireland, yeah. <laughs> Leprechauns. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Bryce. <laughs> I didn't see a comment. I didn't see a comment. Dang. Always beat me up, kicking my ass in front of my kids. Yeah, jaw left open. Yeah, that's it. Jaw left hurting, even. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, that's the same deal, right? Same deal. But anyway, so they quit the Dark Order. So there's a big pop. John Silver, he, he could really deliver some fire in this promo. And he's already a huge baby face and hugely over baby face. So this would only make his reaction bigger. Meanwhile, Cabana, Reynolds and Conte are just glaring at Tommy End, nodding their heads to show that they are indeed in unison with John Silver. And Silver throws the microphone to the feet of Tommy End, who still hasn't said a single word, by the way, and they jump off the apron and start walking up the ramp. Tommy End continues to watch them. He watches them as they walk up the ramp. He watches them as they trash talk him from afar. He watches as five masked individuals appear behind John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Ty Conte and Colt Cabana. He watches as those five masked individuals attack them from behind and start laying in another massive beating which they cannot resist. Oh my God. So, yeah, they can't play Monopoly now. So, <laughs> well, these, those uh, other friends, these masked guys can play Monopoly for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of them's wearing a top hat as well, it's crazy. Um, but... These five masked individuals, they're obviously wearing Dark Order masks, showing that Tommy End has wasted no time in getting the Dark Order recruitment going again. And they throw them against the ring steps, slam them onto the concrete on the outside, hit them with chairs, a whole shebang, but the end result is exactly the same as All Out. Silver, Reynolds, Cabana and Conti are laid out, barely conscious, and now Tommy End brings the microphone to his lips. He screams at them now. He says, what did I tell you? The Dark Order don't talk. The Dark Order act. Once again, you haven't listened and look where it's left you. Is this how you want to act? Is this how you want to show your respect? Listen up. I accept your resignation. Get the hell out of my sight. And the segment ends and Dynamic rolls on. Are we going <clears> to <throat> find out who the people are? No. Oh, it, I was going to guess. It was Sanity. Sanity? Oh, man, can you imagine? Wouldn't that be wild? 
Anyway, they would actually, <laughs> they, they would actually make sense in Dark yeah. Like that, that's actually not a bad shout. Having like, well, there's only, I mean, you've only got Eric Young and um, Alexander Wolf, though, right? Uh, I guess, but like, if like, I mean, this is a hypothetical situation anyway. So you could just imagine Nikki Cross was there. True. And then Let's if just... Nikki Cross was there. She's like three people, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's she. She's she, she's that good. Yeah. Scrappy kid, she she fights the three people, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, it's not sanity. Um, just in case people were actually thinking that's part of the story, it's not. Um, sanity are not under the mask. It's just five random dudes because, like, at, at, at the time when Dark Order debuted, they had a lot of these creepers. They called them. Um, it's just kind of like random dudes in masks who were part of the cult, you know. So, um, so that that's who they are. They're just random dudes, basically. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, so. For the next few weeks, we're going to keep things fairly low-key because that's three big segments in three weeks. You know, slow burn, remember. So for the next few weeks, we're not going to see Silver Reynolds, Cabana or Conte. However, we are going to have some showcase matches. We're going to further establish Evil Uno and Stu Grayson as a tag team. We're going to further establish Anna Jay as a top women's wrestler in AEW. The focus won't be as much on 5 and 10 right now, but they're still going to be there as backup should things go wrong anywhere. So you'll have Uno and Grayson defeat semi-established tag teams such as Bear Country, the Varsity Blondes, the Gun Club, etc. You're going to have Anna Jay defeating some semi-established women like Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, etc. Just show that they're serious acts, basically, who can be dangerous, and we're basically detaching them from the comedy of the last eight, nine months. So, of course, for every match, Tommy End is going to be out there watching, not speaking, just watching. Also, I want to make clear that during these weeks, we are going to see a few more segments of Hangman Page just hanging out in a bar, drinking whiskey, minding his own business. You know, nothing exciting, just, you know, reminding you that he's still there. He's there, of course, because he no longer has any friends to hang out with because he was ostracised from the Dark Order. He's on his own. Anyway, after these few weeks, Hangman Adam Page is not going to be a lone drinker for much longer because in one of these bar segments, Adam Page is going to be joined by, you guessed it, Silver Reynolds, Cabana and Conti. And Adam Page, he looks surprised to see them. He gets the barkeep's attention, orders four whiskeys at the bar, and then orders four more for Silver Reynolds, Cabana, and Conte to drink too. That's a great he says, gag. Hey, thank you. He says to them, well, I didn't expect you to be walking in here. Long time no see. And Silver's going to do the talking, and he's going to mention everything that's happened. Adam Page knows, though. He's seen it all play out in Dynamite. And after some back and forth, and telling Page like eight times that he misses hanging out with him, John Silver's going to ask Paige something, something very important. And he's going to say, Adam, we need your help with something, buddy. I know, trust me, I know, we have tried to recruit you before, but this time it's different. This time it's not for the Dark Order. As much as it kills me to say it, it's against the Dark Order, or whatever the hell Tommy End calls this devolution. Please join us and help return the Dark Order to what it was, because Tommy End, number 666, He's ruining, ruining it. He somehow managed to brainwash Uno, Grayson, Anna, 5 and 10. He must be stopped. And Adam Page, he considers it, sure. He thinks long and hard, but then, to Silver's utter disappointment, Page, he turns him down. And that's because Page just doesn't want to get involved in more gang warfare. So his history with, with the Elite has been well documented. He went through a lot of shit with Omega and the Young Bucks when he was part of the group. And it's not shit he wants to go through again. He's going to tell Silver, Reynolds, Cabana and Conte that they'll always have his support as friends, but he's not interested in joining this battle. 
they're going to have to fight this one on their own. Dynamite ends. We'll roll on to next week. And on next, week, next week's Dynamite, we're going to have a very short Dark Order segment where Tommy ends with addressing his group and he's sitting in a semicircle in front of him. Today, he's talking about how the Dark Order became a mockery of the former selves and how he's been trying to get to the bottom of the cause. And he says, he says, as I study what led to this group's descent into weakness, I discover time and time again that there is one constant source of complacency. It has got to the stage where there are no doubts in my mind that the weakness began when Hangman Adam Page began to hang around with the Dark Order. You all looked up to him, you trusted him, but when you needed him, when you needed to recruit him to join the Dark Order, he turned you all down. And that, that was the final kick in the bucket for this group until I showed up. Now clearly, based on what happened with Silver and his friends, this weakness may still be among members of the Dark Order. Maybe some of you here, you still like the Hangman Adam Page. Maybe you still consider him a friend. Well, now it stops. Hangman Page is not your friend. I am your friend. I, number 666, I'm strong. And Page is weak. The only way we defeat a weakness is to eradicate it. Number 5, number 10, you two have something to prove. Bring me Hangman next week so that I can show you all how truly weak he is. And the segment ends there and we zip along to next week's Dynamite. Shit is getting heated now. And Dynamite's going to open, not with a wrestling match, but with Hangman Adam Page sitting in a bar drinking whiskey, like we've seen him plenty of times before at this stage. He's in the bar alone, it's just him in the barkeep, there's no music, just silence. And then we hear the door open. Numbers 5 and 10 of the Dark Order walk in and they approach Adam Page who has his back turned to them. They get within an arm's reach of him but then suddenly Page turns around and slams a glass on the noggin of number 10 knocking him down. 5 goes for the attack but Page throws him over the bar and follows him over to start kicking the shit out of him. He's laying in lefts and rights to 5 who is defensive in the soggy ground but he is soon saved by 10 who cracks a bar stool over the head of Hangman Adam Page. This knocks Paige silly for a bit, and now Ten can capitalise on that, because Hangman is busted open. The blood's making a sick contrast to his blonde hair, and Ten is laying in haymakers to open up the wound. But it doesn't take long for Paige to come to, after losing himself from the bar steel shot. He kicks Ten right between the legs, the good old making kayfabe favourite. They kick to the dick, Ooh. and smashes him in the head, <laughs> blah blah blah, and smashes his head into a mirror at the end of the bar. What the fuck, man? Like, he already kicked him in the dick. <laughs> now he's giving this guy seven years bad luck on top of that? Oh, come exactly. on, man. Yeah. I mean, you don't fucking attack a guy in a bar, dude. Like, he ten started this shit, so... Um, you started it! Exactly. And Adam Page is going to finish it, damn it. So, now, now both five and ten are on the ground after having failed at their attempt to kidnap Hangman Page and bring him to Tommy End. So, Hangman goes to leave the bar, but before he does, he asks five and ten... You don't think I knew this was coming? I watched Dynamite. Obviously referring to Tommy End ordering 5 and 10 to attack Adam Page in the bar last week. So he checks his hair in the mirror, still covered in blood, with the blood still running down his face, and leaves the bar. And for just five seconds, we cut to Tommy End watching a monitor. It's just a short clip, but you can tell that he's just fucking furious, basically. So Dynamite rolls on. But just before the show ends, we see Hangman Page enter the arena, still covered in blood from the Dark Order assault. And he's walking through the hallways, looking for somewhere in particular, knocking on doors, opening doors, looking in, etc. But soon, 
he finds what he's looking for as he enters the locker room containing John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Cole Cabana and Ty Conte. They all look at him, surprised at the state he's in with blood running down his face, smelling slightly of whiskey too, but that part's normal. Adam Page gets in John Silver's face and they're basically forehead to forehead at this stage. He says very slowly, very clearly, very forcefully, we are going to war. Dynamite ends. Adam Page has joined Silver and Cole to help take down the Dark Order. Things are looking up, unless your name is Tommy Ends. And now on to next week, and we're not far away from AEW's next pay-per-view at this stage. Full Gear takes place on the 6th of November 2021 in St. Louis, and we're going to need some matches for that card, right? So let's talk about that in just a second, because Tommy Ends Dark Order are in the ring right now. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Anna, and 5 and 10, who mysteriously have their left arms in slings, they all stand next to their leader. For either effect, the five mysterious characters who appeared a few weeks back, the Creepers, aka Sanity, they're there too, showing the Dark Order's true numbers. So they've got a lot in their group now, basically. P.S. It's not Sanity. <laughs> I just want to make it very clear to yeah, any not... lawyers... <laughs> not sanity thank you very much I don't want anyone to expect Eric Young coming out with this so we've, already, we've done sanity we rebooked sanity last season so we're yeah. doing them again with this yeah, uh, yeah again. Well, of course we're not because this isn't sanity so it's not sanity not sanity no sanity involved yeah Tommy Ends is about to speak into the microphone uh, likely about to address what happened in the bar last week but he's immediately interrupted by Hangman Adam Page's music and Adam Page he wastes no time in running down to the ring the entire Dark Order clear the ring when he enters, except for Tony End, who stays in the ring staring at Paige. Paige stares back, and the two are just engaged in like a lengthy staring contest where the fans go wild, because surely this is a confrontation people would love to see. Hangman Paige and Tommy End. Breaking the stare, only to make sure Dark Order members aren't going to blindside him, Adam Page walks up to Tommy End and takes the microphone from his hand. Page speaks to End. He says, Tommy End, welcome to AEW. Last week, you tried to take me out, using two men who up until that point, I would have called friends. That is an awful first impression, you should know that. But anyway, clearly 5 and 10 are worse for wear this week. I don't know where the slings came from, I didn't touch their arms, but it ain't my place to speculate. <laughs> I touched your dick, so... <laughs> With my boot. The coins. <laughs> I'm here, Tommy End, to challenge you. I don't know what you've been saying, but whatever it is, you've got into the heads of Uno, Grayson, Anna, 5 and 10, and you've got them wrapped around your finger. How they're acting now is not how they were acting before you got here, and honestly, you've got to be stopped. Now it's my turn to take you out, Tommy. Full Gear is on November 6th, and well, I propose Hangman Adam Page versus 666 Tommy End. And obviously there's going to be a big pop for that, but Paige isn't done yet. He's got more to add. And he says, but hey, let's make things interesting. We're I've going to talked... have a dick kicks allowed match. <laughs> dick kicks are legal. Yeah. Be the shortest match ever. <laughs> Just a Rochambeau, basically. <laughs> I've talked about how you have effectively brainwashed my friends. So let's say if I win, you leave the Dark Order. You hand back your shares, you take your investments back, whatever the hell you have in the Dark Order, and you leave. And of course, if you win, you stay in the Dark Order, and you can rule them for all eternity, whatever. 
but I know that's not going to be enough for you because only you have got something to lose here. So let me add a cherry on top. If you win, you have John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana and Tay Conte back in your ranks. They will be contractually obligated to serve you. And with them, you have me. I will join your Dark Order if you win. Tommy ends, nods his head, agreeing immediately to the stakes, but still not speaking. The Dark Order has been trying to recruit Handman Page for well over a year at this stage, so it makes sense for N to just accept this deal. The match is official, so at full gear, it's Adam Page versus Tommy End, with the future of the Dark Order very much on the line. Help add Adam Page's future is on the line. And you know what? There's space in the card for a few other matches too, because this feud is more than just about Tommy End. There's guys like Silver, Reynolds, Ty Conte and Cabana who want their revenge too, so for full gear, we're going to book a series of matches. The obvious ones are going to be John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Eva Luno and Stu Grayson. You know, the two tag teams in the Dark Order. Ty Conte obviously has a score to set with Anna Jay, so there's a match worth, worth, worth having. And for these matches, Colt Cabana is going to be at ringside to make sure that 5 and 10 don't try to get involved. He should be able to take both of them by himself because their arms are in slings and his aren't. So, you know. And he knows what their weakness is. The dick, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody ever figured it out until Adam Page. You know, number he's 10's weakness man. is his they, dick. Yeah. They think he's a drunkard. Really, he's the smartest man in the company. Yes, I mean, a very smart man. Yeah. Legitimately, I think he was a teacher at one point as well. Oh, uh, <laughs> you don't have to be a smart person to be a teacher. Let's put it that way. <laughs> what? Yeah, surely you've been taught by, by teachers who aren't smart, right? Is that just I a... Mean, just me. Maybe, maybe maybe Scotland's education system is a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah, your, yours is good. <laughs> Our teachers are competent, yeah. <laughs> Not over here, my friend. So next week, to hype the matches, first off, we're going to have Anna Jay on the orders of Tommy End attacking Ty Conte backstage. So to me, Ty Conte is a natural babyface and Anna Jay is a natural heel, so this dynamic could work perfectly. Elsewhere, we're going to have Adam Page, John Silver and Alex Reynolds in the bar. And they're going to be joined by Tommy End, Eva Luno and Stu Grayson. And the two tag teams are going to have a brief bar brawl. But Page and End, they don't touch. You know, much like last week, they just stare. Page is drinking his whiskey while Silver and Reynolds beat the crap out of Uno and Grayson in the background. And Tommy End just glaring back, not taking his eyes off Page. Eventually, Tommy End grabs Uno and Grayson and leads them out of the bar, which is now in ruins, of course. Alright, we're almost at the end here, so at last, we're at full gear, and there are three matches here that we're interested in, of course, and that's those involved in the Dark Order, and obviously the, the electrified steel cage barbed wire, um, you know, shark and a pole match, but that that's oh, neither here nor there. That was know. that event? I thought that was the one after. Yeah, no, no, it's a full, full gear 2021 in November, yeah, so yeah, if, if you're listening to this podcast after uh, full gear happens, and I, I hope you enjoyed the Electrified steel cage, barbed wire, shark in a pole match. Hey man, it was bound to happen eventually. That's it. It's the next logical step for you know the the feud between Team Taz and somebody I don't know. But I mean, anyway. you're not a million miles away, dude. That's the kind of thing I could see them doing. It's yeah, a main event I, of dynamite. It's a shark electrified underwater dungeon match, but the boiler room <laughs> underwater <laughs> match. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um where was I? Um too too fucking focused on shark and a pole matches. Um but yes, to, to kick to kick off, Anna Jay is gonna defeat Ty Conti to put the Dark Order up one and all. 
Then we'll have the tag team match where John Silver and Axe Reynolds are going to defeat Evil Reno, Evil Uno, and <laughs> Evil Reno. <laughs> There's no such thing as Evil Reno. He's good Evil Reno, Reno all the time. Evil Uno fucking pulls the mask off. Is Reno all along? Believe it or not. He's got to do. He's got to be doing something. He's got to be doing something exactly. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're going to defeat Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And how that level. Sorry to interrupt, but like, how good would it be if that actually was Reno? <laughs> and, and you've just accidentally booked Reno. Yeah, like, by, that by would be accident, yeah. fucking amazing. You're like, oh boy, he he swerved us good. I didn't see that coming. That is the only way Reno's going to get a booking in making kayfabe accidentally. No. <laughs> <laughs> or in like a kayfabe Timbola or some shit. But yeah, that, that's going to level the playing field to one each. So all eyes are on the main event or semi-main event because it's not really for the world title. But, but regardless, it's Adam Page versus Tommy End for the future of the Dark Order. If Page wins, Tommy must end his business for uh. the Dark Order. And if End wins, then he can rule the Dark Order as he wishes with Silver Reynolds, Cabana Conte, and Handman Adam Page under his control. And like, I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, this match is a fucking main event in any country at any period of wrestling. You know, as far as I'm aware, these guys haven't actually wrestled, but I'm sure they put on a quality match. It would be Tommy End's chance to prove something, so so to speak. It would basically be his first big match since leaving WWE. And like Adam Page is Adam Page. You know, he can have a great match with anybody. I'd honestly be shocked if this match didn't happen immediately in real life if Tommy End joins AEW. But anyway, the match is now on. And we're gonna give it plenty of time, a good 20 to 25 minutes to have a great match. I'm sure they'd have a fucking barn burner of a match. You know, towards the end of the match, Evil Uno still pissed off from his defeat earlier, he's going to come out from the tunnel and try to interfere in the match. But all of a sudden, somebody stands in his way. It's Negative One, the son of Brody Lee. Negative One, he's standing on the ramp, distracting Uno, which is perfect because soon after, Evil Uno is blindsided by John Silver, who starts beating him up so that he doesn't interfere in the match. Tommy End gets distracted by all this going on, he turns around and he eats a buckshot lariat from Hangman Page. Handman covers, one, two, three, and he wins. Tommy End has been defeated. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Colt Cabana, Ty Conte, negative one. They hit the ring to celebrate with Hangman as Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Anna J5 and 10 come to the aid of their former leader. That doesn't last long though, because as soon as Tommy End comes to, seeing the Dark Order around him and hearing Handman Page's entrance music, you know, he pushes him all away and walks back up the ramp, ashamed of himself for how this has all went down. And we'll touch on Tommy End again shortly, but for now I want to briefly talk about next week on Dynamite because what's going to happen is that there's a big Handman Page celebration put on by Silver and Co. to, to thank him for defeating Tommy End. And during the segment, Evil Uno and the Dark Order come down to the ring. But they're not going to be acting as they have been for the last few months. Like They're going to be hanging their heads in regret and sorrow. Evil Uno will take a microphone and he's going to apologise to Silver, Reynolds, Cabana, Conte and Page for the last few months. He'd confirmed the theory that he and the rest of the Dark Order were brainwashed by End, which puts Tommy End over as a force to be reckoned with if he can brainwash others to do what he wishes, you know? But yeah, they all apologise and make up. Uno invites them to rejoin the Dark Order now that Tommy End is gone and they accept. The Dark Order is back together and better than ever. But, but then, Adam Page has the microphone. There's a big pause. And he says, 
I know that the stipulation for the match was for me to join the Dark Order if I lose. But screw the stipulation, because after all of this, and after you guys have asked so much in the past, I have decided that I, Adam Page, will join the Dark Order. And John Silver is going to wrap his arms around the Hangman. The whole Dark Order get together for a group hug. After over a year of teasing, Hangman Page is now officially a member of the Dark Order. So, a nice happy ending for him and the group after a few strange months. But yeah, the subject of this episode is Tommy End, and I don't want to take the spotlight off him too much because this, some people might be thinking, you know, you, you bring Tommy End into AEW and beat him in his first match. Nice one, Bryce. You can't think about it like that because Tommy Ends, he has been left with one fucker of a chip in his shoulder. He had it all and he lost it all. So that would break any normal man. But Tommy Ends going to use this to fuel him. What's his next move going to be? Is he going to begin a feud against his former group, the Dark Order? Is he going to create a new cult-like group to go up against him? Remember, he's got that silver tongue and the ability to brainwash others. So maybe he's just going to use that to form an anti-Dark Order group. Or maybe he's going to start forging his own path. Maybe he's going to start feuds with other members of the AW roster, like maybe Cody Rhodes, maybe Chris Jericho. Maybe the recently signed Andrade and their, their mutual friend, Thea Trinidad, getting involved. You know, whatever happens with End, this feud's going to kickstart his character in AW and have fans completely invested in the character now that its creativity and ideas have been given a proper chance to shine. And how about that? All right, we're done. That, that, is, that is Tommy End's Dark Order. A lot to take in with that one. Yeah, that's that's oh, maybe the, the the longest uh, episode I've ever written actually. So mm. there we go. It's a it beat it beat Regal by a, a few a couple of thousand words. So hey, nice. I like the idea of having like you know early on you introduced like the kind of like the second Dark Order. So like there's the goofy guys and then there's the guys who are like you know who who take orders from Tommy yeah. and and they're the more serious group. Mm. I thought, all right, this is cool. I like this. I'm surprised you you brought them back together. I would have had, I would have like split the two groups off. All right. Um, and then have the heel guys say they keep the Dark Order name, and then the the more fierce guys can just like have a different name or something like that. That's yeah. where I thought you were going, but no. Once again, you've swerved me. Swerve, swerve. I swear we swerve. I do like him being called uh, number six six six. I mean, that's simple, but it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I like that. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was kind of cringy when I first thought of it, but it's like you know, top Alistair Black's very kind of. Um, he's a demonic kind of character, right? In, yeah. in NXT and in WWE, and like that's probably going to continue over to, um, you know, AEW. I mean, he's got his kind of tattoos and stuff, you know, and he comes out. And WWE came out like a fuck in a fucking coffin, you know. So you know, it kind of makes sense that that that's a number for him. And I was like, what's what's the yeah. best number for? Because everyone in Dark Horse has a number, so like, well, that's it, like. You might think it's it's kind of cliched or whatever, but also like if if you didn't make it number six six six, people would be like, why didn't you go for the obvious number? Like it makes yeah. more sense for him to just be six 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 and just here's number hundred, like, <laughs> number four twenty. Yeah, like what? <laughs> but yeah, you know, what the fuck? Number sixty nine. You're like, who cares? Hey! What the fuck? Like, but six six six, like that fits him, so that makes sense. I like the Ravens flock kind of um, beating up a member of the group to show to send a message. Yeah. You know where you're like you've 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 made uh, you've you've made us very disappointed in you. We're gonna have to make an example of you to show hmm. the rest of the group that you gotta wise up. You know, I like that kind of stuff. That is interesting because Raven's Fox sort of like cult esque as well, isn't it? It's yeah, exactly. Basically a cult. Yeah. 
Um, so you can see, you know, there, there's parallels there. Obviously, they're very different groups. Yeah. Raven's a very different person from Alistair Black. And again, I thought it was interesting that you made Alistair Black come in as part of the Dark Order. You know, yeah. it seemed like a very... Because everybody would have just brought him in by himself. Yeah. Or like you said, with uh, Tia Trinidad to work with Andrade, that could work. But mm. I think most people would have just brought him in as a singles guy. And you said, no, what we're going to do is have him. Because, it, like you said, his kind of supernatural um, occult yeah. stuff kind of fits in with the Dark Order. So you're like, all right, well, doesn't it make sense to make him the focal point for a couple of months? You know, if he's the leader of this big group, you're gonna he's going to be on TV. He's going to have eyes on him straight away. Yeah. And and then you don't put him in a match for a couple of, of months. That builds the anticipation. There's one thing I did like was that you were showing like vignettes and stuff that was between the, the Dark Order, uh, like kind of showing, teasing a split, you know, showing the two different sides. And I like the way you did that because not only does that like slowly build up the story, but it also counts down the clock until Alistair Black can make his debut. Yes. You know, so you're like kind of timing it out in a logical manner. You know, yeah, exactly. You got you got to hype it as well. You can't just have Alistair Black show up. That's yeah. the thing. Um, I keep saying Alistair Black, Tommy Hens, sorry, Tommy Hens. Wow. Um, but yeah, like I think he is the perfect fit for the Dark Order. And like at the moment, like AEW, they're, they're not so great at, at, at debuting single stars. I think um, like, <laughs> here's a drama. You're like, whoa, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that is literally like last week on Dynamite. So maybe that will develop. But that was a kind of um. That was a bummer of a debut, I think. Um, and like, who was it? Ethan Page, like his debut in the ladder match. Then he done nothing after that. Um, Leo Rusher just debuted and he fucking retired. Um, but maybe a bad example. But, like, but... Uh, you remember Matt Sydal um, debuted? Yeah. He, like fucking whiffed at <laughs> shooting star press, and then after that, they're like, "That's not a good way to start off." Yeah, and then he appeared on Dark uh, for uh, having a feud over the and with fucking Michael Nakazawa putting like a baby oil on the top rope and stuff. Um, which, interesting. Yeah, they made like a storyline of it. So that that's the reason why he slipped on the top rope because Michael Nakazawa put baby oil on the top rope. But Fuck yeah. You. But that's <laughs> specifically that one. Yeah. Anyway, is it? the point is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the point is, um, there's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, totally, there man. Go. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, it, it's good to have Alistair uh, Tommy End debut as a Dark Order because it gives him a purpose right away and then you know once he's split off from the Dark Order then he can forge his own path you know and then he can be his own character and, and really build the Tommy End brand you know so um, but yeah I had a I had a blast writing that one um, I've wanted to do AEW for a while um, I'm not sure how many AEW fans we have in, within our listener base um, I know there's yeah. certainly a few but you know there's got to be there's got to be some so 666 um, Six six six, yeah, about six hundred sixty-six of them, yeah, exactly. I like that, but yeah, uh, if if you like this episode, folks, then yeah, let us know because like happily do more AEW episodes in the future. Like we're thinking of playing around with a few kind of different different uh, federations, like uh, maybe some TNA stuff coming up, maybe some more WCW stuff coming up, like, things like that. So everybody loves the mid two thousands WCW stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like it's always a always good. Like who who was it? Fucking Bret Hart, you were doing right, and it's just like. What is going on? And Mike Awesome as well. Yeah. That's my favorite part. It's just reading you the actual history, and you're like, "What? Jesus, fuck, what?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. My eyes just like open wide. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> how are you gonna? How are you gonna do anything better than this? This is amazing. All right, fuck it. Uh, how about a little game? Oh, are we playing Monopoly with the Dark Order, or are yes, we gonna I get play? The top hat. Oh shit! Well then, fuck the whole game. 
I'm gonna kick you in the dick. <laughs> All right, let's, let's play Kayfabe Dumbola instead. Let's play Kayfabe Dumbola. Yay! Did you enjoy today's episode? Do you want more making Kayfabe? Well, we've got the perfect thing for you, friend, and that's the Making Kayfabe Patreon page. It's the best way to support what we do, and you can sign up for as little as £5 to access exclusive Making Kayfabe rebookings. We've got six of them on there right now, with more coming every month, so if you've got a spare £5 or 7 bucks lying around, it's patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe. I'll give that to you again. It's patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe. Anyway, Kayfabe Tombola, eh? It's everyone's favourite game. For those of you who are new listeners to Making Kayfabe, this is the part of the show where the co-host of the episode, which is Dylan this time, is given 60 seconds to improvise a killer storyline based on a scenario that he's been given. And our awesome listeners in the Kayfabe community, they submit the wrestlers and the scenarios, and it's always a good laugh. Now, normally... I'd have a list of four wrestlers and four scenarios, randomly numbered one to four and randomly lettered A to D, for Dylan to randomly pick. But today it's actually a little bit different. So we've got a submission today from listener Matthew Dawkins, uh, at DawkinsMP on Twitter, who is actually given four wrestlers, but also four scenarios specific to that wrestler. So they're kind of like joined. Um, Do I just have to pick like a wrestler and you'll pick the scenario for him? You need to pick a number, basically. Um, it's basically uh, where we're at, because it's like one, two, three, four, basically, rather than one, two, one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D. You know, so yeah, we're we're mixing it up here. So yeah, just fire away, Dylan. Instead of giving me a random number letter combination, just give me a number from one to four. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, okay. Okay. That could work. That could work. Do you want to know what you could have had? Shoot. So these are these are these are interesting. So. You could have had Mark Merrill. Uh, Mark Merrill comes then gloved up after Butterbean lays out Bart Gunn and kayfabe KO's been in one shot. Positioned as a shootboxer with a killer hook, becoming the first version of Steve Blackman. Mark Golden Gloves Merrill. Book it. Wasn't Steve Blackman in the company at that time? I don't know. Wasn't Steve Blackman <laughs> in, in the Brawl for all? Brawl right? Yeah. No, was he, he in the Brawl? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Steve Blackman was banned from Brawl for All because he was threatening to fucking kick folks' kneecaps in. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that, that was the deal. But hindsight, you're like, the guy was correct. Yeah, exactly, but you didn't get that. Okay. You could have got Ted DiBiase, who takes a break after the Virgil feud, returning as Popper Ted DiBiase, dressed in rags and stinking of shit. Dreadful gimmick that kills his career, no upside, pure Vince McMahon mentality. I could do that one right now. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Ted, Ted DiBiase spends all his money making his house into a dog sanctuary and therefore he smells like shit all the time because dogs shit everywhere. Yeah, that's it. Dogs one. do shit everywhere. So you could have got... Uh, so I, I, I wish I wish you got this one actually because this, this, this is right up your street. But you could have got Perry Saturn yeah. uh, who forms a faction called The Planets and starts wearing a halo ring around his head Joining him are Joey Mercury, Val Venus, and Bruno Mars. <laughs> Why not Sean Stasiak? Because he's not a planet. 
Planetesiac. Oh, Planetesiac, of course he fucking is. Like, how did, goal. That, how did I miss goal, that one? Man. That's an open goal, yeah. In that my rebook, and I would have included Sean Stasiak, the real planet wrestler, okay? Oh, man, that is an open goal, fucking hell. There were Bruno Mars. I was going to say, when are you going <laughs> to pick out the fucking Bruno Mars dimensions? <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, so let's see let's see how you deal with this one. So, uh, so your, your, your wrestler is La Parca. So, okay. So you've got Laparka, yeah. who, who, who oh no, now I've actually gotten what this means, but Laparka starts riding a purple panther to the ring to feud with Tom He-Man McGee, entering into a collaboration with Mattel to pursue a WCW program where different performers play different masters of the universe. Jesus Christ, I have to write all that down. <laughs> Porca uh, starts you, riding a purple panther to the yeah. ring against He-Man Tom McGee. Tom McGee, so the guy who Bret Hart wrestled. Because the WWE and Mattel have a deal or something? Uh, WCW and Mattel have a deal. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a program where different performers play different masters of the universe. So I don't know, I don't know anything about the masters of the universe. I don't know anything about the masters of the universe. Make it up. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly will, my friend. Who, who are the masters of the universe? Let's see. Masters of the... Don't Google it. Don't give me any ideas. I want to go into this blind. All right, cool. I mean, I can tell you that does a movie and it's got 13% Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, there you go. So, hang on. <laughs> you have to look that up to figure that out. I gotta guess that, my friend. <laughs> the party starts riding a purple panther to the ring against He-Man, Tommy Gabe, because WSW and Mattel have a, a deal where wrestlers become He-Man characters. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. They, they, they play different masters of the universe. Masters of the universe, yeah. Okay. All the He-Man fans fucking hate us at the moment. Fuck them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I said it. F- fuck you. <laughs> Name me four things that suck more than He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, fucking why not, right? I have no idea what the fuck this is gonna be, but hey, man, only one way to find out. I'm gonna be honest, I'm not ready. I need to prepare a timer. I'm just baffled by that fucking storyline. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a belter. It's a, it's a crack. Who said this uh, in? Matthew Dawkins. Matthew Dawkins. We are gonna have words after this, my friend. <laughs> this is like what I'd make for you to fuck you, fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So in that case, I can't complain too much. That's true, yeah, it could have been worse, yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, so I've got one minute on the clock, 60 seconds on the clock, so Dylan, you've got 60 seconds to tell me all about La Parca and I guess his uh, his venture into the He-Man universe, so, you know, just going to go for it, so are you ready? Yes. Alright, three, two, one, what's going on? Mattel comes to WCW and was like, hey, you know how we did that weird Chucky thing that didn't make any sense and Robocop and all that shit? Why don't we do a deal with WCW wrestlers? They do the He-Man because that's the the most cool thing in the world. (laughs) He-Man, this will get you over with all the adult viewers you have in WCW. So (laughs) they were like, all right, well, how do we figure this out? We got to do something. And La Parca famously has a pet uh, panther. Famously. That he he brings to all the shows. So the WCW were like, all right, paint that purple. And then you ride that to the ring, and then your uh, Panther boy from He-Man. And the park is like, okay, because he doesn't speak any English. But so uh, they get a translator to translate all that stuff. And so the park gets the 
uh, Panther, and then Tom McGee is in WCW at this time, I guess, and he is He-Man, and it's He-Man has a sword, so he sticks a sword like straight through uh, Laparca's uh, uh, ribs, but because Laparca is a skeleton, it just goes right through him, and he's like, ah, well, fuck you, right? Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> <Time's up. laughs> because fuck you. <laughs> I didn't get it to the other He-Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's good enough. I like, I like that. Do, do you want to keep going? <laughs> well, should I? Well, um, no, you know what? I think I've wasted enough people's time. <laughs> I think I've been mean enough to He-Man. I don't think, if I go any further, I'm just going to end up alienating people. Yeah, we're, we're going to lose viewers who love yeah. He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> shit, dude. He-Man is trending right now. No way. What the fuck? What? Kevin Smith's animated He-Man series, Master of the Universe. Oh my god, a, it fucking is! A new trailer just came out. <laughs> Holy shit! That is the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing. What is the fuck? In it? Is the park in it? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the fucking chances of that? Oh my god! A He-Man oh remake. Wow, hell, that's just wild. So yeah, in case you missed it, there, folks. He-Man is trending on Twitter as we record this. So um, because Look Kevin Smith, has a, I could have had yeah. that guy. He's an eagle, and this guy, he's got like a shark car. Boy, I could. I wish I'd seen this trailer like ten minutes ago. <laughs> It'd be so helpful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Oh well, don't worry about it. We got you my. Know you, you know what I just got? You know, you know why it's La Parca. Because he's Skeletor. Because he's fucking Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense, right? Neither of us figured that out. Nope. Until <laughs> after the thing. It was only until after the thing. I'm like, oh, he's a skeleton because Skeletor. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, we, are, we are. Listen, man. The thing we're smart at is professional wrestling, right? Yes. We didn't expect, this, we didn't expect to be doing a He-Man podcast. So I'm sorry <laughs> if we've offended anybody with our lack of He-Man knowledge. But, you know. We're going yeah, to we do didn't like expect this. It shows you this is all off the off the cuff, you know. That's true. There's no scripts here exactly. Like uh, we're going to need to do like a He-Man watch along or something to apologize for this, I think. But um, but hey, that was a nice way to mix it up. So thanks again to Matthew Dawkins for submitting this week's Tombola. And um, why well, thank you? I don't know if Dylan does, but folks, um, if you want your Tombola suggestions as part of the show, you can make it happen. Just DM us on Twitter or Instagram at Making Kayfabe with four random wrestlers, four random scenarios, and they'll probably be featured in the show. You know, we're always accepting submissions, so fire away, folks. Show us what you got. Oh, don't forget, you can also email your suggestions to makingkayfabe at gmail.com too. So, makingkayfabe at gmail.com. More He-Man. More He-Man. <laughs> no more He-Man. <laughs> Anyway, that was making kayfabe. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. It's always so cool to see those downloads come in and see that people are digging our shit. We just love entertaining you folks, and we aren't stopping anytime fucking soon. So, um, yeah, we're, we're up in the market for this episode because Tommy End is very much the zeitgeist right now. So, if you like this episode, share it with your pals, tell someone about it, spread the good word of making kayfabe. And if this is your first time listening to making kayfabe, well, have I got news for you, because we have fucking dozens of episodes in the back catalogue right now. Dylan, this number's going to shock you, but we have 36 main series rebookings right now, as well as like a number of bonus episodes too, so like just have a scroll through the podcast feed and find the one you want to listen to next. There's no order to them, they're just random fucking uh, orders, so yeah, we hope, we hope you enjoy it. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MakingKFabe. And please, if you have the time, leave us a cheeky five-star review on your favourite podcast app of choice. 
If you dig our show and you want to throw us some cash and get something cool in return, you absolutely can on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. For as low as £5, $7 US dollars, you're going to get some awesome exclusive rebookings, including one on Samoa Joe, one on Brock Lesnar coming to XCUK, and our most recent upload, which is Vince McMahon as ECW champion. Holy shit. It's insane, and uh, yeah, we'd love to you to check us out at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. That's patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. Mr. Dylan is back in the hot seat next week. My friend, do you have a wee tease for next week? Yes, I think this is another case of somebody being on the WWE roster for a long time and just them doing nothing with them. You might say less than nothing. Less than nothing. in In a roundabout way. Um, that'll all make sense next week when, uh, whenever you see who we're talking about. I don't think people are going to see it coming, but trust oh. me, it'll be a good one. I'm very it excited. Is a, it's, a, it's an obscure one, definitely, yeah. but it's, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll see what the, trust see what the me. guesses are. Trust me. When you, like, when you hear who it is, you're like, what? By the time you're finished, you'll be like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of an episode of um of every faith it will be. So, all right, folks, there's the tea. So, all that's left to say is take care, go straight to fucking Mars, and always be kayfabing. Goodbye. Goodbye.